0: What's up, guys? It's Liz Kelly. All month long, The Ringer will be breaking down 2018's highs and lows in music, pop culture, sports, TV, and film. Some of the things we've hit so far are the best TV show episodes and the best rap albums of the year.
1: And this week, we are writing about the best performances and the 10 best action movies of 2018. Plus, we'll be reacting to both the Golden Globes and Grammy nominations on the site. You can check all of these things out on theringer.com.
0: What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad Stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman.
1: My name's Kevin Owens. I have Shane Scanlon.
0: Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a.
1: the Goof Haraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. are listening, listening, listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. Listening listening to, to- not- listening, you're listening Man show. The Man the Man show. Man mm. to the Masked Man Show. Man Show. Mask Man Show. Mask Man Show. Mask Man Show. Mask Man Show.
0: Welcome to the Mask Man Show. I am David Shoemaker. I'm here with producer Jim, heel producer Jim. Right. Um, it took last week off because, man, nothing happened in wrestling, at least in WWE. We had a lot of stuff to talk about this week, though. I'm um, not quite sure how much we're going to talk about Raw or SmackDown. SmackDown was pretty cool. Um, as we hit record on this, I guess the big news of the day um, is that Dynamite Kid has passed. Mm-hmm. Um, of all of the times that we do this sort of thing... It always seemed, each time it seems like the whoever just passed is more complicated than the last. But Dynamite Kid, um, you know, is one of those just uh, not good human beings who was a really important and great wrestler. Um, uh, we, uh, I think we're going to have a piece up on The Ringer tomorrow, or TheRinger.com about him tomorrow. So I, 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 tomorrow meeting Thursday, I, I encourage you to check that out. I encourage you to do your own research and everything. It doesn't, it's not that hard. I mean, his, his, most, most all the, the bad stories you hear about the way he acted backstage or in his personal life are backed up in his own book, which is kind of wildly good, not in a literary way, but just in like a primary source, sort of like, just like old grainy tape of like an old blues song sort of way. Um... <laughs> But yeah, man, in the ring, he was incredible. Um, I'm sure you've seen clips or you know links to his matches with Tiger Mask in Japan, which are some of the most important matches in wrestling history. Um, again, not just for quality, but for how we define quality, which is really interesting to me. Um, but yeah, I mean... You know, you can look back at Jimmy Snuka jumping off the top of the steel cage and be like, "Well, that changed the way that you know we say that we the the wrestling worked." But like, you look back at you look back at some old Dynamite Kid matches, and you're just like, "Oh no, that would get five stars at a PWG show today." You know, I mean, he could nice. just he would just be in there. He could go with the young bucks. It wasn't just like this theoretical, metaphorical transformation. He was. He was the stuff, man, um, and yeah, he had he influenced an entire generation. I mean, it was sort of like you, re- you read through all the, I mean, all the um, goodbyes. You re- or we read through all the message boards, and and you know, it's a, it, there. There you see the conflict there. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people who are like who are not super um, sure how to deal with it, and then you know. Or you deal with the, with the conflict between the personal and the and the professional, I guess, or the on screen and the real person. But, um, you know, it's not just the Davy Boy Smith Juniors of the world who are shouting him out today. It's Will Osprey, T.J. Perkins, and Tyler Bate, and Paige, and Kyle O'Reilly, and um, and Jeff Jarrett. Always listen to Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Landstorm. Gangrel. Storm. Gangrel's always right. Yeah, Landstorm. Um. But yeah, I mean, he just, he did more for, for, for the, I mean, certainly a lot for like British wrestling, um, you know, Canadian wrestling, Americans wrestling in Japan, um, you know, cruiserweight wrestling or however we just determine, I mean, to define cruiser sort of like the indie, the, the modern indie style. Um, and fr- I mean, frankly, he probably did more than anybody else in that entire generation. Um for short dudes. <laughs> I was about to say, and he I, was 5'8", which is your... Yeah. Generously 5'8". Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: build is 5'8". That's crazy.
0: Yeah. And and that's what a lot of the people that you see, they're just, you know, they count him as their idol. Um, You know, including dudes like Chris Benoit who, you know, it's sort of hard to not mention in this conversation at some point. Um, oh, yeah. They wouldn't have wrestled. They would have never thought. I mean, I always say that, like, I would have, if I had known when I was a kid that I was going to be tall enough to be a wrestler I probably I might have I might have been a wrestler it's sort of it's a very interesting question Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that I was like actually taller than a lot of the dudes on TV until you know I started meeting them and it was sort of mind-blowing you know even if you know logically that you're taller you it's you know isn't that false advertising can you sue no oh okay I mean if you could that would be great (laughs) I'd be rich <laughs> uh, but anyway, oh yeah, I can see just for a loss, wages, wages. Lost. wages. Yeah, exactly. I, know, I thought you meant just. I thought you just meant misrepresentation. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, it really your life. by saying that Hulk Hogan <laughs> was six foot eight, and me like doing the comparisons all those years. I was just like, "Well, dude, the shortest guy in the ring is like six three. Mm-hmm. Um, no way I'm ever gonna be that tall." But anyway, yeah, I mean, all the, I mean, the the, the fact that he made wrestling seem attainable and cool. And that he was the, and that he was clearly like the best there was at it in a lot of ways, despite only being five six or whatever. You know, that was that was a, that was big, no pun know. intended. And you know, he spent the end of his life miserable and wheelchair confined and angrier by the day. But I think ever since he kind of stopped, he was always always known to be a, a, a I don't know, what's what the appropriate term is, um, for a person who's just passed. But he was never a particularly lovely person in real life and i think that i think it was brett who said that you know after he kind of started losing his step he got even worse and i mean there's just some nuts stuff you know like waking up his wife with a shotgun oh. crazy shit i still can't wrap my head around the story about him breaking the legs of his like manager's daughter all because he asked them to, to collect on insurance that just i never can understand this stuff. what yes where'd you read that it's just, just Google it. It's there. I mean, oh, this is. Man. I think he wrote about it in his fucking book. I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that he's backed up.
1: What was the British Bulldogs finishing move as a tag team?
0: What didn't they? Wasn't it just the power slam and then the flying headbutt, like the one two? Yeah, I know. I know that. I know that Davey Boy did like the the gorilla press into the headbutt at times.
1: Yeah, which and actually they kind of did some cool.
0: variations on some stuff. Right. There's one. There was one time where they did. I remember it was on one of those like uh, greatest move ever things where Davy Boy did the power slam, and then picked up the other dude into a fireman's carry, and then and then Dynamite jumped off of his back onto his into a flying headbutt from the guy's back who's in the fireman's carry. Yeah, oh that's amazing. <laughs> Hold on, let me pull it up. It's uh, we'll tweet this out. This is uh, okay, I think it's this British Bulldogs versus oh, it's Johnny Rods and uh, what's his name Goulet. Um, Robert Goulet? Yes, it was Robert Goulet. Goulet. Rene Goulet. Sorry about that. All right. Fantastic dude. The number one Frenchman. Yeah, I think Rene Goulet is the one who gets his back dumped off of But definitely check that out. Uh, I was so into the British Bulldogs tag team as a kid. I was more into Davy Boy, I think just because he had my name. <laughs> um, but the, them as a tag team were really good. And Davy Boy is a singles wrestler, never really captured it. I mean, there's something to be said for tag team wrestling in those days. I know people always say tag team wrestling's dead or tag team wrestling's back or whatever, but there's something to be said. Like I know that like Jimmy Hart was there to talk for the Hart Foundation. You know, I remember them cutting promos. I remember Matilda in the back and whatever. Mm -hmm. But tag team wrestling, more so than than singles wrestling, was like a mime sport. Like you really, we like you didn't need like Jimmy Hart was more important. Or just as important as the guy running around outside the ring, as he was the promo guy, right? Right. And it's just like I could, you could watch, you could watch five years of WWF tag team wrestling with the sound off, and it would be awesome. And that was, there's just and when you're when you can when you can do that and be just as compelling as the British Bulldogs are were, wow, they they were really great. Anyway, it, you know, I, a lot of a lot of times when when good wrestlers pass away, we say you know go look at this match, go look at that match. Usually, I'm more attracted to the moments than the than the work rate or you know whatever. I like just like just getting back, just go, going back in time and being in the fucking Cow Palace or Tokyo Dome or MSG back in the day is the most fun thing for me. And just sort of reliving, reliving the moment. But but man, the Dynamite Kid was just one of the great wrestlers and really worth watching as long as you can kind of separate yourself from the fact that he's probably actually hurting these dudes because he is in a bad mood huh. it's okay it's okay it's wrestling but anyway it's a it's a good i mean he, he's he was one of the greats man he's one of the greats and uh and yeah i mean he he did more for wrestling as we know it than a lot of i mean just about anybody
1: mm-hmm.
0: but well, one last thing about about dynamite kid mm-hmm. he was really into the steroids and he wrote about this So was davy boy all the guys back then were That that changed the way wrestling worked for a while too. I'm sure they they weren't exactly on the cutting edge of that, but man, it's that's the weirdest thing about looking back at some of this. How much gas there was, man. I mean, compared to compared to now, you almost go you you almost forget. Um, I was watching a documentary last week about Tommy Morrison. Mm -hmm. That was his name, right? The boxer. Yeah.
1: Tommy Gunn from uh, Rocky Five.
0: Yeah, man. That's a what a crazy documentary that is. Thirty for thirty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. And the craziest thing about that to me, I mean, there's a lot of craziness in that story. When he like when they first started showing the pictures of him when his pro career started, I was just like, wow, he's on steroids. How did nobody notice he was on steroids back then? <laughs> and then you look at like literally every single person he got in the ring with, or that they like every other boxer that popped on screen at that at that exact moment, at, like early the early Tyson days. Tyson is like the cleanest looking guy in the entire boxing arena. Yeah. Everybody else just looks like just looks like He-Man figures. It's so silly, and you wonder why these guys like jumped up three weight classes to be heavyweights or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's like the entire sporting world just suddenly woke up one day looking like looking like I drew them in my spiral notebook in <laughs> fifth grade.
1: Yeah, like a Rob Liefeld drawing or something.
0: Yeah, it's so dumb. It was so dumb. I mean, and it's like, yeah. It's, I mean, now think like the biggest advancements in PEDs in the past twenty years is probably a way to make you that strong without making you look that strong. You know, I mean, right. it was just so silly. Anyway, back to the other stuff. Back to the happier stuff. What were we talking about? Death. No, God damn it. <laughs> Raw and SmackDown were super boring last week. I mean, just boring, boring, just bad. To the point where I took, used it as an excuse to take a week off of this podcast. <laughs> this week it was a little bit better. But we need to say, first of all, that last week was like the low. What was it? I think someone said it was the lowest rated show in the history of television. No way. I mean, really? really? Oh. No. Yes, of course it's a joke. It's not really that bad.
1: I thought that was uh, Dan St. Germain's comedy special.
0: <laughs> Thankfully, that didn't make it to
1: video. <laughs> I love Dan.
0: It's really good. Yeah, according to Wrestling Inc., last week's Raw... Oh, no, this is this week's Raw. Ronda and Ember Moon versus Tamina and Nia Jax drew 2.285 million viewers. Down three and a half percent from last week, the lowest raw viewership of 2018 and the lowest in show history. Glad they uh, they got that contract signed. You know what I mean? Does that make Vince change things backstage? Here's the thing: wrestling, WWE always sucks right now. This is this is it. This is the worst time of year. It used to be that like the end of summer through December was just generally downtime, and they would that was sort of interesting. You could kind of get away with. CM Punk's pipe bomb storyline and shit yeah, like, like that weird, because creative
1: stuff outside the box
0: yeah but then with sort of the way that SummerSlam took over and the way that the year has been I mean with SummerSlam obviously got really significant and with these NXT like super weekends happening several times a year now and the way the calendar is kind of compressed It's like all of the downtime of the fall is now compressed into the period between Survivor Series and TLC. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's just really shitty. It's really shitty. I think they're really geared. I think they're being really protective of injuries right now because of the way the WrestleMania card is already kind of messed up in the past few years, all the injuries. Frankly, they booked themselves. the pacing of the of the falls booking has all been really off because there was a lot of stuff that we've talked about before, where like plans got shifted up, shifted pushed back. They had to get a whole lot of stuff in because of the Super Showdown and the Crown Jewel and the existing pay per views. They had to do a whole lot of stuff in a short period of time, and now they're just sort of treading water. There's a lot of shit that's gone into it, man. But right now is here's what I here's what I'll say uh, here here's a here's a compliment. SmackDown last night, Tuesday night this week was really good. It's amazing how consistent that show can be, and Raw goes through that a lot. You know, Raw's been suffering for a long time on the because their champion barely ever shows up, and nothing surprising really ever happens, and whatever else. But um, I don't know. Maybe I was just in a good mood, but I really enjoyed SmackDown last night. Man, it was it was really fun. Um, but there was some good stuff this week.
1: Don't you think the WWF is just really hurting without having some serious competition of another promotion?
0: Without having Roman Reigns? Mm, no. <laughs> no, but... So there, is, so there is this... other. So do you want to talk about the, the, about the looming competition? Yeah,
1: that's what I'm trying to segue into. Oh, that's you, very very were subtle, actually, you were trying, trying to actually... You
0: were trying to segue me. Yeah, trying to be slick there. On Sunday, Cody Rhodes and his wife Brandi were in the owner's box at the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Chad Khan's and or or his son, who is a big wrestling fan that we've known, we've talked about before on the show over the years, are rumored to be funding a new wrestling promotion with the Bullet Club guys or I guess the elite guys, uh, the guy, the the all in, the people that did all in Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks, um, who else is in it? Kenny Omega, uh, Marty Skrull, Hangman Page. I mean, they that that could be really good. So, what the the part of the fallout of this, the pre fallout, the fall in, if you will, is that oh, it's like all in too. Man, that was a good pun. Mm-hmm. Is that WWE is signing like every living human being to a, to a contract? Listen, if you can do twenty five push ups, if you can like tighten your stomach and like there's a little hint of abs, and you're not under WWE contract right now, you should feel bad about yourself. <laughs> And I'm not just talking about wrestlers who can show abs. I'm talking about just human beings. This is just (laughs) ridiculous. WWE is signing guys left and right. It's like in the '80s when like every stand-up comedian started getting their own like pilots and TV shows. It is. It's really nuts. But these guys are signing contracts of their own volition. Nobody's forcing them to. There's the question about whether what if it's like messing with potential like the salary structure. You know, if everybody accepts these whatever, I have no idea how much. Random indie guys are making, but if everybody's accepting $80,000, $100,000, $120,000 contracts just to like, just for the shot in WWE, but then nobody actually gets the shot and nobody gets the chance. And then, all and then I guess they're calling it all elite wrestling is the idea that, um, of this thing that Cody and the cons Bucks. are doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that they don't have anybody to work with, it'll be really sad. We'll see. I have a feeling they'll pull something off. And what's
1: uh, Jim Ross involved?
0: I think I think those those early reports were just we're going to name everybody who's like who's like tangentially related to this thing and hope that we're right. There's too much bullshit on the wrestling internet. It's like if you have a, if you have a kernel of a story, like just tell us what you know. Don't don't make up the other shit around it, so we can differentiate you from the bullshit that's out there. That's my lesson to wrestling journalists for this week. Oh, and then so WWE signing guys. Now, who do we who do we? Oh, I mean, some of the reports that are out there just turn out to not be true because there's so much of this news flying. Mm-hmm. but Ring of Honor is now signing all these dudes too because they have to keep up with the Joneses WWE signing Ring of Honor guys Ring of Honor guys Ring, Ring of Honor signing all these other dudes WWE apparently I mean yeah I mean just signing just so many f- oh, oh, oh Ring of Honor just signed PCO do you know who PCO is, Jim? I think I have seen
1: him because he put out a challenge to the Undertaker or something at WrestleMania. He's he's got yeah. a weird gimmick, now, right? What is he? You might you
0: might see, yeah, PCO. You might be thinking like ACH, who by the way also might be have just signed with WWE. I'm not quite sure. I like that <laughs> guy a lot too. When you when I hear wrestlers with with three letter names, I think it's just like sounds like super modern indie look. You know, it's just like all I need is three initials because fuck all y'all. What about Hbk? No, PCO. PCO is Pierre... For for the old school head WWF heads out there, I hope I'm teaching somebody something today. PCO is Pierre Carl Oliet. Who he is? Oh. He is.
1: Yeah. I remember him. He was like the
0: pirate with the eye patch or something. Yes, he's one of the, the Quebecers. Yeah, he was Pierre of the Quebecers. This guy has has reignited his wrestling career at the age of 55. He wrestled at Joey Janela's uh, WrestleMania show and kind of blew everybody away, and. Um, let me see. 1960 he's 50. Oh, he's 50. He's 50 years old. 50 mm-hmm. years
1: old. He looks insane.
0: Yeah, I remember him when they tried to do... He has two eyes? Yeah, I think the pirate had one eye. Mm. Right? Am I crazy, or did he actually have an eye injury? He had the eye patch, but I guess maybe that was just fake. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Ula lost 90% of the sight in his uh, right eye at the age of 12 when a friend accidentally shot him in the eye with a pellet gun. Nice. So if you lost ninety percent of your vision, does that mean you don't have depth perception? Probably.
1: I think Bruce Prichard told a story about Vince being wowed by him when they signed him because he could catch a ball with one eye.
0: He did. We caught the ball with his hand. Yeah. You mean? Yes. But <laughs> he, uh,
1: no, just in where his eyeball used to be, he'd catch it in there. Yeah, that would have been like, the, <laughs> like awesome. the ball in the cup, that old toy.
0: Yeah. I really like the. I always like pirate gimmicks. Who else? I don't are, know why.
1: Who else had a pirate
0: gimmick? Who was the fucking other dude who came out with Katie Lay, Paul Burchill? No clue. Oh, my gosh. One of the greats. Actually, Paul Burchill legitimately could have been, like, a, a super-duper star. I don't know what happened with that, but he wrestled as a pirate, too. I don't think I like pirate gimmicks. Let me be clear about this. <laughs> I don't like pirate gimmicks, but for some reason, I like everybody who, like, someone would be like, that's a pirate. That Why don't we put make him a pirate? Yeah. Like, I don't like Pirates of the Caribbean. But I like Keith Richards a whole lot. He's just my kind of guy.
1: What about um, Coco Beware? He had the bird
0: on his shoulder. And the bandana. He had that kind of headscarf for a while. There you go. Um, Yeah, exactly what I was talking about. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, he... PCO. Mm -hmm. He wrestled... He's wrestled throughout the 2000s or whatever. But then he retired, I guess... He he retired in 2011. He'd been wrestling in Canada and Quebec and stuff. I mean, specifically in Quebec. And then made a comeback in 2016. And then this year, at Joey Janela's spring break, he took on Walter. And it was the match of the weekend, said everybody. It was really good. I think you can find that online. Or you can find high- highlights of it online. And now this is actually really pertinent because WWE just signed Walter. Walter is the biggest, the number one non- Japanese wrestler in the world who is not already under WWE contract or who is available to WWE. I guess you could put like some of these elite guys above that. But Walter legitimately may be the best wrestler in the world not signed to WWE. And he's he's amazing. If you don't know who Walter is, just go Google Walter. I there's nothing I can there's nothing I can do to tell you except that he is amazing. He is everything, all the all the all the praise that I've lavished on Keith Lee, I would also lavish on Walter, except Walter is not, Walter can go with all these indie guys, but Walter is not an indie wrestler, an American indie wrestler in the sense, well, he's not an American, and he's not, you know, he doesn't fit that definition, but I mean, he's not like these other guys in that he's not quite as ironic in his presentation. He is a legit old school, I will hurt you. I know a lot of like moves that twist your Dainty parts wrestler, <laughs> but boy, he is fucking good. I mean, he is just this big brick house of a man, and he is fantastic.
1: So, you said he's the best uh, wrestler not signed by WWE, or they just signed him?
0: They just signed him. Yep. I'm saying, but prior to that, and he had said he wasn't going to work for them because mm. he never wanted, he didn't want to move to Orlando. He didn't want to tour to be on the road all the time. It looks like they've just signed him to be part of NXT UK, and then presumably. You know, if he really takes off, they'll find a way to get him on some other cards or whatever. But he's he had previously said he would never sign with WWE because he had no interest in the lifestyle. No reason not to believe him, although rumors have been floating that WWE's interested since WrestleMania time or whatever. Oh, here's the what here's what I was thinking of. Google go online right now and search Walter Will Ospreay because they have a free because uh Defiant Wrestling posted a free match between them and just just last month, or September they posted it. And it is Ugh! It is good. It <laughs> wow. is. It's a really fun match. Will Ospreay, you know, is like, well, I'm sure everybody listening, mm-hmm. yeah, he's really, really good. But it's just a really, it's a really fun match, and has Walter working big man. Anyway, there's been a lot of other shit from WWE or NXT UK this week that they've been, or the past couple of weeks, that they've like severely limited the 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 dates that their talents allowed to work outside of NXT. For a lot of guys, basically, you can't do it at all. You can't do anything that could be televised. It's basically, it's down to the, it's sort of like, um, you know, the restrictions like TNA was putting on guys in the U.S. not long ago. And um, people are really pissed off. More so fans than the wrestlers, but I'm sure there's some wrestlers who are really pissed off and not just saying it because it really fucks with the, the NXT. I mean, with the U.K. indie scene, that you know, the dudes can't wrestle there anymore. Or, you know, the, the guys who, the, who are making themselves into big stars on NXT U.K., now aren't there to help elevate the other indie guys, and yeah, I mean it's part—it is certainly is part of WWE's path of global domination. But we'll we'll, we'll wait for a different we'll have, wait for a different week to make the like the progressive workers' rights argument about this whole thing. I, I'm not, I'm not crazy about it, but I'm not too surprised by it. So we'll we'll see what happens. Do you want to get back to SmackDown? No, <laughs> I never want to get back to SmackDown.
1: I like Daniel Bryan on the mic. Getting that fickle chant going.
0: I will say as much. Yeah, as much shit as I. Well, I mean, I don't think I was talking too much shit. But I, as much as I was, as much as I was you know, saying, this week has been bad. This has been a really great week for promos. Uh, some incidental. Daniel Bryan on Tuesday night was just amazing. Just amazing. It's a fucking masterclass, man.
1: What's he calling himself?
0: The he, new Daniel Bryan? Yeah, I like that. I mean, he is the new Daniel Bryan. Yeah, like new Coke. Um. He had he just he was using his environmental views uh to great effect.
1: <laughs> yeah, like the working um, that in pretty subtly.
0: I love the thing where they were where he was I mean, there's nothing better. Of everything that he did that he did so much it was really good when he like just destroyed the fans who were doing the what chant. Mm-hmm. I mean, just amazing work <laughs> when he Keeps referring to himself as the new Daniel Bryan. The old Daniel Bryan did the thing with the side plates on the belt, which we'll come back around to. But the the thing that I loved the most was the I kicked one man one time in the groin, and what'd he say you want to compare sins, was that the line? You want to you want to measure sins? Oh my god! It was that was the most compelling argument <laughs> for a for a heel wrestler. I've ever heard I mean it was just really it was just amazing he was just like yes I broke the rules but you were an abomination every day of your life you know I mean <laughs> it's just it, I mean it was just amazing I really loved it I really loved it I mean Daniel Bryan's always been a good promo the fickle thing is gonna I can't wait till they get fickle over as like a baby face t-shirt thing yeah but man it was it was good
1: what other promos did you like this week?
0: The the show opener on SmackDown was good. I mean, it wasn't like Becky Lynch's highest point only because she's been there so recently. But I like that interaction with her and Charlotte and Asuka and and that devolved into a fun Charlotte Asuka match. I think we're getting a rematch of next week. And that's I mean, this is like we are there. This is
1: mm-hmm.
0: this is the glory days of women's wrestling right now. <laughs> it's really freaking amazing. Um I understand it's the glory days, but if
1: Asuka had Paul Heyman with her, I think it could be even better. Yeah. I mean, I but look, I can't speak any other languages. I can barely speak English. So
0: true. I'm not taking anything away from her, but I just, Funny, you man. know, like as I was a, watching, to make her a I monster. Was watching, I was watching last night with the valet and she was super into it. And, but she hasn't been watching a lot lately. So she was, so when she, when she takes a month or two off, she'll come in with these like really incisive comments. They'll either make me super defensive. Or I'll just, or she'll just be like immediately right. Uh-huh. And sometimes, and and she was dropping all like I think she watched some Monday night too. She was dropping all of this like internet wrestling mark, like s- smart mark knowledge on it. I mean, like she would just come in and just be like, you know what? I think it'd be better. I forgot what they what she said. She was just like, yeah, I just think it'd be better if like you know they just let the or this is specifically to Oscar. She was just like, wouldn't it be better if they just let her just beat the shit out of everybody every week and never <laughs> exactly. lose a match for like a year? That's and what I, was, I was like. Thinking. Yes, that would be better. That's mm-hmm. what they. That, yeah. <laughs> that's what everybody's been saying forever. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, it was. It, yeah, um, so that was you talking about my my wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course. Uh, that was super good. Samoa Joe, second week in a row of insulting Jeff Hardy's sobriety or lapses <laughs> in lapses in sobriety over the past couple of years. That was so good. Him holding the beer is like the is the wallpaper on my phone now. <laughs> I think that Dean Ambrose. I think that Dean Ambrose is good now. I think it took a while for it to sort of settle in. They they gave it too long, just sort of simmering. And last week was just boring as hell. Um But I'm super into this. Um and this week I thought on its own, you know, I always say that it's good it's about what it's not it's less about like how it feels in the moment and more about like how the video package reads at the pay per view. But I and and there is a there is a degree to which Dean Ambrose is putting together this great like sizzle reel for the future. But uh, I liked I enjoyed it this week. Maybe my maybe I'm just in too good of a mood. I don't know what's happening. But (laughs) I really enjoyed him. And there's also oh where was it? There is some somebody on Reddit on oh yeah on the Squared Circle user other od other o t i e has a post called Dean's new gimmick is more coherent than you might think. And he wrote. An actual like treatise on how all of the weird things that Dean is exhibiting now, because it's not just him being a heel, but it's like this sort of this disgust with all the fans, with the way they smell, with their you know <laughs> dirtiness, like how this all ties together really neatly in this psychological profile that that that, that is sometimes uh, driven by great emotional distress, and it is the, my favorite thing that I've read in a long time. It's really really good. Wow. Way to go, Reddit way to go other Odie we can tweet we'll tweet that out too but uh, I think he's really good but I think that the my this is that I had this pencil in as my hope spot of the week it was a small thing and I'm not the only one to point it out it was it was, a, it was a small moment but the best moment the happiest moment for me in wrestling this week was Rusev's backstage promo Rusev do you know why Nakamura attacked you before the match even began yeah I know why clearly he's terrified
1: of me I mean Look at those chests, like Wine Barrel. Look at his bicep, bigger than Mal Fuji. Look at those straps, like Double Decker Tackle Supreme. I'm strong, I'm relentless, and I'm... Boy, I'm hungry.
0: There's nothing I can add to it. That was, that was my favorite promo. I mean, it was just so good. It was so fun. And I... When Rusev's like that, I don't care if they're ignoring Rusev. Just let him do that. <laughs> he could be like the new day. He's so fucking fantastic. Um, but also he should be a world champion. I honestly think that we are going to get to a we 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 just need a Haas division in wrestling. I Like that. With got all these guys like Walter and Keith Lee. I mean, NXT's got a bunch of hosses. Lars Sullivan just got called up. Just these big thick dudes for, you know, that that would be that would be fantastic. Can you believe that we totally missed it? Did, you, did you, were you paying any attention to the Lars Sullivan weirdness?
1: Um, I saw a promo for him the other day, but I did not see No, he, he
0: got called up, and then they found out that he had tweeted some really sketchy shit in his past. And the, the best part about it, I don't even know how it ended. That's But that was so great to take a week off of the podcast and just not have to talk about that. The <laughs> end. Moving on. What, what else have we not talked about? WWE Network Matches of the Year released. Oh, fuck, yes. After you listen to this podcast, if you happen to find yourself sitting at your laptop or in front of your, your, your WWE network enabled television with about 10 hours to kill, <laughs> the network has a collection called match of the year, tw- WWE match of the year 2018 that they've where they put up, I guess they're going to like whittle this down and maybe there's going to be a vote. I don't, I don't know, but they have a bunch of matches on here. I got so sucked in <laughs> and half these matches are weirdly thing I've watched recently. And I mean, some of them happened recently. But they kind of had to do that thing where they didn't give the same teams or same wrestlers like too many matches, you know, separate matches. So you got to and, and sometimes it would, you know, so you kind of have to take your pick hmm. sometimes. Like, you know, you they, they did like the Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain. And I think they picked the third, their third of the trilogy, even though it probably wasn't the best one. It just made a little bit more storytelling sense. You, you, they make some weird decisions sometimes, but. There's no, there's no, there's no questioning that this lineup of matches is just insanely good. Um, another really cool thing about it is it's uh, unabashedly pro NXT <laughs> um, sure and be. women's wrestling. I mean, it is kind of wild. It, the 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 number of NXT matches that's on here is uh, frankly shocking. Like you would think that it would be like they would give them like four matches just to be nice. It's it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, they deserve it, yeah, of course they do, but it's not, I mean, but like just knowing the WWE, I mean, you just think, yeah, so here's the here's the list Adam Cole versus alexir Black, extreme rule I'm not going to like do a full breakdown of each of these but at Cole versus Black at uh takeover Philly love that match. um Gargano versus Almas. I rewatched that one yesterday, that was from takeover Philadelphia also that was such a good match. And there's a point where in that match where it's like, I was so happy about it, but you were so 100, I was 100% sure that Gargano was going to win. I mean, that was so, that was so stunning that he lost. And oh, it was so, so powerful. Um, The gauntlet match uh, from Raw, Rollins versus Reigns, Cena, Elias, Balor, Miz, Strowman, where Rollins went for 45 minutes or whatever. That that was, I had watched that one start to finish too. Um, God, that was a really good one. The Women's Elimination Chamber match, which I which is a lot of fun. A little bit surprising to see that on here, but it was a big moment. Um, Nakamura versus Rusev at Fastlane. Now we get them again. Uh, I love this. I love them together. I love this feud. So good. Uh, 205 Live gets some love too. Drew Gulak versus Mustafa Ali's on here. Uh, he pop, they pop back up for um, Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander um, from 205 Live in May. Uh, there's a couple other ones, man. Um, oh, Mustafa Ali versus Today with Tommy from 205 Live. There might be one other one on here. There's a couple from the May Young Classic that are super good. Um, it is, there, there's, I mean, I just started jumping all over the place, but, um, uh, the WrestleMania 34 has a couple of, oh, Gargano versus Ciampa the, for, from TakeOver New Orleans is super good. Almas versus Black. Um, I mean, dude, the, the. The NXT crew this year has been just wildly good. Uh, WrestleMania 34 see, is on here for the IC match for Charlotte versus Asuka for um, the Angle Rousey versus Triple H and Stephanie match that was super over. No matter what you think, um, Balor versus Rollins from Raw April 30th. Um, you know, there, I mean, there's oh backlash the Miz versus Rollins match. Jesus, there's so much good stuff. So much good. Now I'm, I just got to start. I just got to start whi- <laughs> like whipping through the stuff. This the, Me reading this list could go um, could go three hours. Um, Adam Cole versus Ricochet at TakeOver Brooklyn. That was the most insane thing I've ever seen. Um, Rollins versus Owens. Oh, Rollins and Ambrose versus Ziggler and McIntyre at Hell in a Cell. I mean, there's so much cool stuff here. Of course, mm-hmm. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte uh, at Hell in a Cell is on here. Um, Do you but I will. I think that's it. that's pretty much all worth, I mean, all that I'm going to mention. But Seth Rollins is on here a lot. I don't think Drew McIntyre is on here um, enough. Uh, I think next year is going to be a super big year for him. But he was. I, I think I got more per minute, like level of enjoyment out of him just just about anybody. He 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 had a lot of good matches this year, more so in the second half, you know, in the end of the year. But whatever.
1: Now, does WWE let you vote on the match of the year, like a little tournament? I have no idea how to Should we do works. that on
0: Twitter? I don't know. I don't
1: know. We'll um, figure
0: it out. I think they are going to have something. Speaking of Twitter, we have about have three
1: minutes left if you want to answer a couple questions. Yeah, do, do think good. With the upcoming Tables, Ladders, and Chairs pay-per-view next Sunday, Pat Bastard asked if you only had access to one of tables, ladders, or chairs for the rest of your life, which would it be? You can never physically touch... In wrestling or, matches? Oh, no, just in life. You can never physically touch or own the other objects again. Chairs. It's got to be chairs. Yeah. I think you're Right? It's right? a good question, though.
0: It is. I mean, tables... I mean, I guess if I were a big standing desk guy, this we're going towards a world where the answer is tables, but I like chairs. I'm old-fashioned. All right, what's next? Who is the Luca Donc... Doncic of Doncic, De- yeah. Doncic of WWE. Oh, God. I mean, right, the only <sighs> do you want me to say Velveteen Dream? Is that Interesting? No, 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 no. The answer no, the answer is because what makes Luca I'm a, you everybody hope you hope you know that I'm a diehard Mavericks fan. The only thing I love mm-hmm. as much as wrestling is the Dallas Mavericks, and they've made me really sad. Often Luca's, what, 19 years old? He's the little bit thick he he's been a pro since he was 14 and somehow he didn't go number one in the draft the mavericks traded up and got him and now they have the best young player in basketball and it's just really ridiculous he's he already owns the team the answer of who the luka Doncic of wwe is is tony storm i mean she's a little bit older than him but she's been wrestling adults for a long time she is the best well, I mean, one of the best women on the indie scene on the global indie scene and uh has all she has the potential to be the best wrestler in the world. So, uh, what about Ricochet? Ricochet is like ninety five years old. Okay. I really don't know how old he <laughs> is, but she, but he's not as young as Tony Storm. And they, I mean, they got a, they have, they have. I mean, Ricochet is really amazing, but, but, but if we're just talking like the young crowd, it's, it's Tony.
1: All right. This question comes from Andrew Bailey. What is Rhino's enduring legacy? Assuming this is the end.
0: Well, I don't think this is probably the end. I think Rhino's enduring legacy is being like the objects in mirror are closer to than they appear like the, he's like the weird like re, he's the funhouse mirror or the, he's the the scale model for to that re, made us all realize it, immediately that everybody was tiny in ECW right because we all thought he was like 6'5 and 400 pounds and it turned out he was just like 5'10 and 400 pounds I don't five, I think 5'10's being pretty generous yeah no, Rhino was really cool. Rhino was and Rhino was really good when he debuted in WWE WWE back in the day. He had a cool gimmick. He was one of the last monsters in a way, like old school monsters.
1: When I went to ECW once with friends way back when yeah. and Rhino was the champ and we were like heckling him, um he spit at us from the ring and we like moved and it hit this old lady in a wheelchair. It's
0: a true story. She probably deserved it. Yeah, she probably awesome. done something wrong in Literally, her life anyway. That's awesome.
1: That's his lasting legacy.
0: Any more questions? How do you see WrestleMania 35 shaping up? I have no idea. That one's really hard. Um, I'm just going to guess. For some reason, I really feel like Seth and Drew are headed there. I feel like we're going to see Seth and Drew for the Universal title, and I have no idea why. I'm going to say, I'm just going to take a total flyer and say against all odds, either Roman Reigns or Triple H will be back for WrestleMania. But I don't think they're gonna have time to like oh, to book them, so I think it's gonna be Ronda Becky, because I just don't think they can go triple threat for that match. I think. I think Ronda. Be- this none of these are gonna be right. Ronda Becky, Seth Drew, Oscar Charlotte. They did that last year, but they could uh, run that back. And then, I'm gonna take a flyer and say Braun Strowman. I don't know if Seth Drewer are going to be for the universal title, I guess. That would be kind of wild. Maybe it's like Braun Strowman versus Dean Ambrose for the universal title. Hmm. That I don't know why, but I'm going to go with that. Before we get out of here, one more news item that I forgot to put on the list is that uh, Excalibur is the new color guy on uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, joining Kevin Kelly in the booth. I think they announced that, like the US, that the US shows are going to stop using JR and and, and um, just go to the normal like international English speaking feed, which was Kevin Kelly, which is now Kevin Kelly and Excalibur. And Excalibur is an amazing dude, a great person in real life, and one of the most talented announcers um, in pro wrestling. That I'm I've been shocked that I frankly had convinced myself that they do things in such a different way over there. I convinced myself that he wasn't interested in any big big time job. I think I previously said they should just give him an NXT, but he is so good at, at commentary, and it took me a while to realize it too because I watch PWG live, but didn't always watch the DVDs or and listen and or listen to the sound that closely. But he's really fantastic, and he deserves it. And I and I'm so excited that he's getting the shot. So anyway,
1: congratulations, Excalibur!
0: Congratulations! One of those things that we always thought you'd say someday. Congratulations, Excalibur!
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And with that, we're gonna get the hell out of here. Thank you guys for listening. Apologies, as always, to Heal Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids.
1: We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Mass Man Show.